0: fighting against the woke establishment, rhino Republicans, and anyone else that stands in his way. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. Hello and welcome. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network. I hope everyone had an extremely good weekend. Got a lot done. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Like I've said multiple times, we are going to push and push and push and try to get our candidates out there that are running in this upcoming election, August 2nd. It's such an important election. We need to make sure we know who's running and why it's so important, uh, the seats as in, you know, first off, the state central committee seat, but, you know, our general assembly seats and our legislators, it's very important that we're voting in those elections. And obviously with the split primary and on and on, you know, the big deal. Because it's a big deal here in the state of Ohio. It's confused a lot of people. But today we have a very special guest, and I know yesterday, or, or Friday, we uh, we were trying to get one on, but schedule changes and whatnot, but we we were blessed to have uh, Marcy's time this uh, this time to get her message out. So we have Marcy Shea from the 27th District. She's running as a female representative for State Central Committee. Marcy, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Sam. Thank you so much uh, for doing this and having me on the program. I really appreciate it. I think you called me, you were going to have a, a, a secret guest, I think you said on the Friday show.
0: <laughs> so well, it was, I'm,
1: uh, I'm excited to be that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I appreciate that. And it was, uh, that was, I think I was alluding to the, uh, to the uh, uh, Saturday night special episode, which I'm trying oh, okay. to have, but so that, that's kind of, I mean, it's got to be politically involved. We'll talk about politics, but we'll just talk about a lot of things in general in that episode. But for this episode, we'll get down to business and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, you are a very special guest on our show. I just want you to know, don't let any you know don't let that take anything away from you because we really do appreciate you coming on the show because your seat is so important, and also too you're volunteering your time, uh, and that's something that I want to stress to the listeners out there that don't know much about state central committee is that it is a volunteer position, and the people that running aren't being paid, so it's very you know it's very critical and making sure we have good candidates going to state central committee and trying to make a difference and not just trying to, you know, fill up their pockets or align their self-interest. So it's very important, but uh, Marcy, if we, if you're okay to get started here, we'll go ahead and we just usually have a softball question, just, you know, getting to know a little bit about you and uh, why you're running. So who is Marcy Shea and why are you running?
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate that question, Uh, Sam. I don't know if it's a, a, a softball question necessarily. They say the hardest, uh, question in a job interview is tell me about yourself, but I'll do my best uh, to answer it. So um, I'm Marcy Shea. I'm running in the 27th district, as you mentioned. Um, I was raised, uh, born and raised in Akron, Ohio. Uh, both my parents were teachers, so I come from a very uh, middle class uh, background, uh, but education was very important to, uh, to my family, and uh, I had to earn scholarships with uh, three siblings at home. I had to earn scholarships uh, in order to attend university, and I did that. And I graduated from the University of Akron uh, with a degree in chemical engineering uh, and a specialization in polymer engineering. uh, Specifically, I then uh, went into uh, the polymer industry, which is basically the rubber and plastics industry, which is a pretty big uh, industry in Ohio in particular, uh, really Akron specifically being the founders of the rubber business. And uh, so I've spent uh, my career uh, sort of moving up from uh, technical service uh, through sales, uh, sales engineering, uh, to now being in a director level position. Uh, and I'm the director of new business development at a company that serves the rubber and plastics industry. So I really have dedicated my life uh, to my career, to my family, um, and I raised my son. Uh, but I had no intention, uh, Sam, of uh, getting involved in politics. That was not, certainly not on my plan, uh, really, until uh, 2020. And uh, saw all the things that were going on. Uh, particularly, we had, you know, a Republican governor and supermajority in the legislation and we in the legislature. And we were closing down businesses and, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, closing down the schools. So for me, with my family being educators, my parents both in the Akron Public Schools, uh, seeing the schools shut down was really really uh, hurt my heart. I guess that's the best way to say it. I saw firsthand what teachers do um, for children. I had many, many students come up to my parents over the years saying what an impact they had on their lives. And now we had schools that were shut down and there were teachers that were going to be unable to make that impact and students and citizens of the state of Ohio and children that weren't going to get an education. That really woke me up to sort of what was going on uh, in the state of Ohio, and in politics, and the Republican Party in general, and how that could happen, and what was going on in our party. And then I realized we really do need to reform uh, the Republican Party, and that's why I'm running for state central committee.
0: Well you couldn't have said it better there, especially when you hint on the whole, you know, Republican leadership thing, right? We have a Republican yes. governor, uh, super majority Republican state legislator, and it took way too long, and too many things happened during COVID. and. Yes. And it seems like a lot of people have, you know, obviously you you talked about your career and what you've grown in your career. I mean, that's probably a busy, busy job, right? So, and then yes. plus your family. So obviously yes. you probably have not been involved in politics. And I think that's a lot of, that's the majority of Americans, right? Are, are grassroots conservatives, uh, you know, cause I believe we are the majority, right? Uh, it's just, Absolutely. are we participating? And now after this whole COVID scandemic, we are now participating and I think that's pulling a lot of people out of the woodwork. Uh, and you also, you also touched on the schools closing down and that's a big thing for me. And not only the schools closing downs, but forcing the children to wear face diapers. I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's
0: totally, it's, it's unreal that we actually went to, to the lengths to, you know, force our children to wear masks when they were the least vulnerable to the, uh, the, the virus. But, you know, we're, we're starting to learn that this is a lot about government control and we need to reform our party and get new people in our party because, you know, the Republican Party leads Ohio. And if we don't have good yeah. people in the party, then obviously we're not going to get outcomes or good, good get good outcomes like we have with our General Assembly and Governor Mike DeWine. But that's awesome how you hit on that.
1: Yeah. And actually, I'd like to just point out also that, you know, you mentioned them wearing um, masks uh, but specifically, there was no data and there's still no data to support yep. that there was any help in transmission. And as an engineer, you know, looking at the data made it even more appalling for me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and I'll even stretch it to a little bit here with the vaccines and just COVID in general, right? The data. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like you're an engineer, right? Data is probably one yeah. of the best things that you could have in your arsenal, right? To go on, yep. go forward, right? Data, data, data. I All the data I can get and all the knowledge I can get is the best. But you look at the data that we are getting in for this stuff and it's just, it's, it's weird that we were even doing it. And uh, now we can see, we were doing it because of, you know, control, but yeah. Uh,
1: exactly. you know, I I'm saying like I'm laughing, but sometimes, you know, you have to laugh to not cry um, for all the, you know, the really harm that we did in the state, not following the data. Yep. and not following what we really needed to do and really working against the data in most cases, including the vaccine, which obviously you mentioned, you know, there's, it doesn't support, it doesn't stop transmission. So why would you force people to to get it? I don't believe you should force people to get it either way, but certainly, you know, there was no public health reason to do that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you touched on that because it's such an important issue uh, to me and, and a lot of other listeners. Absolutely. And we'll move on here to the next question. This is just about uh, our, our, State party platform, and, you know, a lot of people have been calling for it, running for uh, state central committee. I think it's a very important thing because you look at states like Texas and North Carolina, Florida, they all have state platforms, state party platforms, and it seems like, uh, I mean, I don't know about the other two states. I know Texas and stuff, uh, they have some of their problems, but Florida, for instance, you're having a lot of good things happening in Florida, and we have more of a super majority in, in, in the General Assembly than Florida does. And they get way more done. So what are your thoughts on a state party platform? And do you think the state central committee should adopt one?
1: Yeah, I absolutely think that we need a state party platform. You know, spending the last 12 years leading teams in business. uh, You can't lead a team unless everybody knows which direction they're going in. And that's what the party platform does. It tells everybody what we're working on and it gets everybody you know, working in the same direction. And I don't think we just need a platform You know, that comes from the top down. We actually need a platform that is built from the bottom up, which actually requires a convention. So we really do need a convention as well, a state convention that will allow the people and the grassroots to tell us what's important. We can develop that platform together. It can't be a top down.
0: Absolutely. I've heard a lot of candidates on the show mention the state convention too. So hopefully we can get that in the works. And it seems like it hasn't, we haven't had a state convention in the state of Ohio since 1986, I believe, but I don't know the exact date, but it's been some time.
1: I don't ever remember one. So that I'm sure 1986 would be right.
0: Do you want to know a weird thing that I learned from a candidate that was running, uh, in the 11th district? She claimed that one of the committees is, uh, a, 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 a state uh, convention committee, but yet, you know, it's weird, right? Like one of the five standing committees on the state central committee is a convention committee, but yet they have done nothing. So what are they actually doing on that committee? Right. <laughs> that's just another fact I'm going to throw out there a pointer. Cause I learned that just recently, just two weeks ago. Uh, so I, or a week ago. So that's, that's cool stuff.
1: Yeah. I did not know that. And it sounds like they're preventing a convention instead yes. of making one
0: Yep, and you would think that you would have one within the last five years because you guys have a committee for one, but yet this is just more, uh, we're just pointing towards where the Ohio Republican Party has a hard time doing anything uh, productive. But uh, moving on, and I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Obviously, there's a really big uh, confusion and debacle with this whole redistricting mess and people not knowing when this August 2nd election is and voter turnout. Are you concerned with the August 2nd election and voter turnout? And if you are, how are you making sure people show up to vote?
1: That's a a really great point. I call this the secret election when I'm talking to people because nobody seems to know that this primary exists. So the first thing to do is educate people. I I really believe the establishment doesn't want people to know. I think the rhinos want to continue to control the party and they don't want people to know they don't really want people to vote. So I tell people to get out to vote, that it exists, that it's the second. And in my district specifically, uh, the 27th district and really all of Summit County, the only opposed Election is for State Central Committee. All the other positions are unopposed. So, you know, person running for the Senate and the House, they're unopposed. So really getting people out to vote for the State Central Committee is also about educating people about the existence of the State Central Committee. So people don't know about the vote and they don't know what the State Central Committee does.
0: Absolutely. And a lot of people on the show, they've came to me and said, hey, you know, I am say, I say, hey, I'm running for State Central Committee. There's an election August 2nd. And the person will say, well, what is state central committee? And, you know, yes. uh, it kind of stinks, but, you know, this is this is what the Republican Party hasn't been doing, and it's just something that we're going to have to pick up and do, right? Educate the voters, let them know that they can run for these positions, that they can get involved in their county central committee, and that's very important, too, because uh, these things really do matter. And I liked how you, you know, you talked about the uh, bottom-up kind of. Uh, I believe that's a big thing, too. Uh, we could really do a whole bunch of damage. If we, uh, got a convention together and I'm not, I'm talking about good damage, right? I'm not talking about bad damage, but yeah. do a whole <laughs> lot of damage to the establishment's agenda. If, you know, you get a lot of people that are not involved for the first time that get educated and that realize, wow, this is not right. This is not how things should be ran and get involved. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah,
1: and people will feel we need to encourage more participation. Absolutely. You know, people just get disillusioned when they feel there's nothing they can do and in, in making platforms and making the ability for people to get involved is really what we need in the party to energize the party. And we need that in the state so that it works at the national level as well. So the state is so important.
0: Absolutely. I, I am more worried about our state right now than I am our federal government. I can tell you that. Much.
1: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it, but that's, you know, all politics are local, right? Yep, that's absolutely.
0: That's absolutely. Uh, moving on from that, What sets you apart from the other candidate in the race running, your
1: incumbent? That's a a great question. Thank you for asking that. Uh, You know, I think that um, what really sets me apart is first, I'm I'm really a fighter. I've fought my whole life, uh, whether it's to get my degree in chemical engineering, you know, having to get uh, scholarships to do that, fighting my way up. Uh, in corporate culture. And then ultimately, I think there's a lot of parallels between what I've experienced in business and what's going on in the Republican Party and the reforms that need to be made. Um, I took over a business that was uh, losing money, that had been losing money for 10 years and uh, with a culture of blame and a culture of people networking together. And I see that happening very much in the Republican Party. And you have to change the culture. And I've done that. I've done that really through servant leadership in the 15 years that I've been uh, a leader in business is really coming to the people and letting them know what they can do and how they can do it and then leading through them.
0: It's a big thing that we need in the Ohio Republican Party at the state central committee is leadership and yes. people who can bring people together to work for the right calls. Right. The, the good calls, the end calls. Right. And then also, too, right. we need to we need to bring in continuous improvement yeah, absolutely.
1: Partner. And we need we need new people. You know, we need new blood. We need to bring in new ideas, and you get that by you know, really energizing the base and getting people involved. And you can bring new ideas and new and new thoughts and new ways to do things absolutely. And you know it's great that you're in, you know, you know, being young, you know, I love that you're doing this. I love that you're getting involved, and we need to find ways to bring more young people by letting them participate in the process
0: absolutely. It's so important that we get our younger generation involved because, um, from what I can see now, I know there are a few, but uh, for what I can see, g- younger generations, they want to they want to pay less in gas. They want to yeah. have less taxes and you know, they just want, want want more money and they want government out of their lives. But as as soon as government kind of takes control of your lives, when you get older, uh, some people just get complacent with it and they're fine. But this generation really needs to say no to this covid stuff, no to a lot of these regulations and uh you know, stops that they're putting on us and really fight back, you know, with a capital yes. F.
1: Absolutely. And we need leaders and we need to not take no for an answer. That's another thing that I've done uh, in my career and in my life is not take no. There's always a way around things um, that you can, you can do, yes. particularly when you work together.
0: Nope. There's always a different route. In my opinion, yes. you got to keep fighting. So Groundbreaking decision, it's old news, but it's important news, because I feel like we're gonna be learning, we're gonna be hearing about this, most likely until the end of time, because evil people are still gonna be fighting for this. But yes. the opinion on, or the decision with Roe versus Wade, how do you feel with that decision? Are you are you pro-life or are you not pro-life?
1: Well, I'm, I'm very much pro-life. Um, I've actually lived uh, the pro-life experience, if you will. Uh, when I was at um, the university, I was at Ohio State University um, in my junior year, I came came about an unexpected pregnancy. I was um, became a mother before I was expecting to. And I say become a mother because really the left has changed the language and they start talking about cells and things and they yep. really prey on vulnerable women. I'm in a position, they're young, they don't think that they, you know, they've got their whole lives, they don't know what this is going to do. And we tell young women, that this will ruin their life. So I'm at Ohio State and I had professors, I had TAs, I had my friends, all telling me that my life would be ruined if I had a baby, if I had my child, that I would never succeed. Um, And so not only did I succeed, but I thrived. And we need to tell our young women and our vulnerable women in these positions that they can thrive and that a baby is always a blessing. And that's so critical that the left has managed to change the language and tell women that they can't have children and they're not powerful enough to have a child and still be successful. And that's something that we need to do as a culture. And really, it starts with life. And I had a friend uh, just yesterday tell me, you know, giving the story about being pro-life, which is, you know, we have a law in the United States is the American Bull Eagle Act of 1940, that a eagle egg, if it's destroyed, you have a $100,000 fine, and you can go to prison for one year, and we won't protect babies. We won't protect the most vulnerable children in this country, and we need to do that.
0: Well, that's an extremely good point you've brought up. I've brought it up before to many people, but it's an extremely good point. We're literally. Uh, recognizing life with the bald eagle egg, not saying that I don't agree with that, right? because I do because okay. you know there's life in that bald eagle egg. but for goodness sake, a human baby uh, yes and we're just able to murder these things like nothing. And then you have states, these liberal liberal idiotic states wanting to have abortion all the way up 30 days after birth. Uh, yes, it's insane. It's demonic and we should not allow it happen on this uh, in this country. Let alone in this earth, which I I know we don't have much what goes on around the world, but we surely know or we surely have uh, the choice what goes you know on in our own state, and that's what we need to be more focused on right now to make sure that we get a party platform involved, and then also to get good legislators, real pro life legislators, not people to just say they're pro life, but actual yeah. you know actually admit that abortion is murder and yes. eradicate it from this earth, and I think that it's close. It's, it's going to be close. I feel like it's coming to Ohio. I know that we have the heartbeat bill. I've heard legislators are trying to move on it. I know that the state legislators in Columbus, they want to get credit for this, just like a lot of them wanted to get credit for the heartbeat bill, which I know there's stuff that we could do a lot better on the heartbeat bill, but remember, they wanted the credit. And I feel like yes. they're going to try to do something with that. Uh, but still, they, they need to get it done, and they should deserve the credit if they get it done, right? But just do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It, it needs done. It needs to be ended. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's important. You had a lot of good, uh, and, and to your story too, uh, that's a wonderful story. And I'm glad you shared that with our listeners. It's so important to realize that babies are always a blessing. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you mentioned that too. I mean, life, 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 God knew us before we were in the womb. We're there for a reason. And you know, we, we have a, a, a you know, there's a story for us. And every single child, on this earth and they need to, they need to have that chance to live. There was an argument I was getting into it with, there was a pro choicer that I know. And he was saying how, you know, all of the adoption centers and, you know, fostering kids systems and everything are so backed up. And, uh, it's like, it's, it's, they're basically saying it's better off murdering these children than letting them live in a foster care system. Right. And I I just find that idiotic. Yeah. I find that idiot. And I, and I'm not saying that I'm my family was poor or anything like that, but I didn't have, you know, everything I wanted when I wanted it. Uh, I know there's several kids out there that they didn't have everything when they wanted it, but they still lived happy lives. And, um, yeah, it's it's weird because, too, are they going to start saying that to the homeless people? Are the homeless people just better off dead? Uh, yeah. They need to start well, thinking about what they say before they say it. Yeah,
1: well, and sometimes, sometimes they've said it. They certainly said, I think, when they're – an architect for Obamacare was that under uh, over 75, you really shouldn't take healthcare resources. So it's not that unlikely for them to say, but they don't just say poor. They say, if you're unwanted, if you're unwanted that you shouldn't have a right for life. And you know, that is absolutely, you know, the most basic of all the rights we have is the right to life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad, I'm glad you made that point very strong on our show because it's a big, it's a big, big, important issue to me. We need to abolish abortion in it entirety in uh, the state of Ohio. And I hope that's coming very soon.
1: Yeah, I hope so as well. And we need to take on the leftists when they're talking about closing. I don't know if you heard Elizabeth Warren talking about closing uh, crisis pregnancy centers as well.
0: Yeah, like why? You know? Like what What sense does that make, Right.
1: Exactly. Well, because it just shows the leftists really do want to kill children. Yes. It's not just about helping women. It really is about killing children because the crisis pregnancy centers are helping, They're absolutely helping women, helping them find a way to have the baby, to take care of their baby. And that's the type of centers that we need and we need more of, not less of.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It's very important. We're going to be moving on, and this is something that's been going on in the Ohio Republican Party. Obviously, the lawsuit has been thrown out. I think a lot of people have kind of you know, realized that now. It's a little bit old news. But this lawsuit has been thrown out, but I believe it's in appeals court, so it's not totally finished yet. I don't think they're totally done, but there's some, there's some clarification I need to get with Mark Bainbridge and some others. But what are your thoughts on the lawsuit brought on to the Ohio Republican Party that Mark Bainbridge and four other members are a part of?
1: Yeah, I I absolutely support uh, the lawsuit. You know, there's a lot of questions uh, about what's going on in the leadership of the Republican Party squashes it. I mean, there's at least some you know, suggestion that there's missing money or at least unaccounted for money of of $3 million since 2017. And 900,000 of that is just in 2021. And, you know, they tell us that 600,000 are, you know, just data errors, you know, well, okay, that's fine. Then let's do it. Let's prove it. Let's Let's have an audit. Let's have the audit to show that we haven't had an audit in at least 17 years. We have to have an audit An independent audit is absolutely necessary for us to know what's going on and where the money goes. And if the leadership is blocking it and you've got to wonder why does the leadership not want to have that?
0: Yep. And I'll just throw this in here. It's about like Frank LaRose not wanting to do a Frank uh, forensic audit on our election systems here in Ohio, right? Uh, if you're, if you're proving that the voting systems or you're proving that your financials are online, just do an audit, right? I believe Mark, I believe Mark Paquita during the primary, he was a Senate candidate offered to pay for an audit and they declined his offer. So, you know, it's just, it's weird. It seems like they're, they're hiding something, And we need to get to the bottom of it. And we're not going to be able to move on as Republicans until we get to the bottom of it. You know, the ones that want honesty, integrity, or just, for instance, freedom, opportunity, and prosperity, the, you know, the motto for the Ohio Republican Party. How can you have freedom, opportunity, prosperity when you're hiding money, when you're hiding $3 million from grassroots support grassroots (laughs) voters? You know, your, your, your big base of supporters, you're literally, you know, basically throwing to the wayside. So, uh, we need to get to the bottom of it and we need to fix it.
1: We definitely do. And, you know, when I was talking to uh, the current uh, District 27 us. Uh, State Central Committee uh, woman, you know the concern that the concern that she had was airing our dirty laundry that she didn't like airing our dirty laundry. And I've heard many people in the State Central Committee and in the party in general. But we cannot fix what we're not willing to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge the problems in the party in order to fix them in order to get better.
0: Absolutely, and that that's something that's taught me more than anything on this earth is acknowledge when you're wrong. Yes. Fix your mistake and move on it's okay to be wrong and it feels like a lot of people have a hard time being wrong in politics and just in general anywhere but for the ladies and gentlemen out there it's okay to confess and to realize that you made a mistake and it's you know time to move on but you know hopefully leaders like yourselves will you know set a precedent for other you know candidates and leaders you know, serve in state central committee that are just honest, you know, you have people like Nicole Hunter and I, I don't know if you're doing this too, but Nicole Hunter, uh, we can talk about how, you know, none of the state central committee candidates have any type of a campaign finance, uh, uh, recordings. Well, Nicole Hunter is documenting all of her donations for any of her supporters or any of her people in her district, you know, her stuff's up there. So it's like, little stuff like that people try to lead by example i mean it it makes a lot of sense and i think it's you know i think that's what's going to help change our republican party because you're going to see people doing it
1: yes i totally agree we definitely need to have that change that's one of the main things that we need uh we need to change is we have to have that ethics that show what you know where the money's coming from and campaigns and reporting it
0: yep so i don't believe i asked this question i'm sorry if i did but i'm pretty sure this is the first time the state central committee does not, uh, well, Robert's rule shows that you can vote by roll call. It's most, it certainly can be done in our state central committee. It just seems like they don't do it. Would you like to see more roll call votes take place at the state central committee?
1: I think that, yeah, I think the vote should be roll call votes. Absolutely. That way, you know, I mean, we are, we are an elected position. It is voluntary. It's certainly party, but we are elected and people that elect us should absolutely have the right to see how we vote. And without a roll call vote, you can't see how people vote. You have no idea. They could be saying one thing to you and doing something else, and you wouldn't have no way to hold them accountable because you would not know how they voted.
0: Absolutely. And it's about like the endorsement uh, for Governor Mike DeWine and uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose. I would like to see who on the committee in, uh, voted to endorse them, right? Uh, but you can't. There's no record. There's just the vote count. So, They could, you know, they
1: could tell you they didn't. They could tell you that they didn't, yes. and then they vote. you would have
0: no idea. Absolutely, you just have no idea. You just have to trust them, right? And who who likes trusting politicians anymore nowadays, right? Yes,
1: exactly.
0: But uh, we talked. Trust but
1: verify, Ronald Reagan.
0: Yes, yes. Trust but verify. I'm I'm glad you brought that quote up. Very important. Trust but verify. Verify. Uh, We talked about this a little bit, uh, COVID and whatnot, but. There's a huge issue going on in, in the state of Ohio, and it's about medical freedom and it's about right, you know, not under the vax mandates, etc. What are your, th- what are, your, what are your thoughts on the issue of medical freedom?
1: Yeah, I, I really don't see how you can have freedom without bodily autonomy. If you can't control what is put in your body, and you won't be able to work or get a job, or in some instances in other countries, get on a plane, get on a bus, and some places in the cities as well. What freedoms do you have if you don't have freedom to make decisions on what is put into your body? It's absolutely no freedom at all if people can dictate what you can do. And personally, my family, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my sister all had to face this, this in the healthcare system. They all work for SUMA. And they were told, you know, you have to take the vaccine or you will lose your job. Uh, luckily, all three of them uh, got exemptions, but for, for quite some time were very stressed about whether they would be able to have their jobs or whether they'd be able to keep their jobs and feed their families uh, if they didn't agree to take an experimental vaccine.
0: Yep, experimental too. Never been yes. never been done before, ever. mRNA, gene therapy, no. gene, gene therapeutics, never been done before. Very interesting stuff. And yeah. Just if, how do we have freedom without medical freedom and body, bodily autonomy. It's so important. And I'm glad that you're an advocate for that. And I, you know, I look forward to seeing medical freedom being pushed forward in the state of Ohio very soon because of there's, there's a lot of people behind that. And I think it's, you know, I think it's an issue that's brought independents and Democrats along with the, uh, the Republicans in my opinion, but you know, that's just me because it's such a big issue, right? Just having the freedom to choose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that that is absolutely the the central issue of life, right? It's freedom. You know, we don't have it if somebody can tell you what you have to what you have to take, what you have to do. It's the same as if they told you what you had to eat.
0: Yeah, that would be uh yeah. And for a lot of Americans once you're told something to do, you're uh it's just a basically a reaction you just say no, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Americans are not very good at being told what to do. And and I appreciate no. that. I and I You know, that's how it should be. Moving on. uh, So if elected, Marcy, what would you change in the state central committee?
1: Well, we we hit on on quite a few of them. Um, I really think that the main thing for state central committee that needs to be reformed is really revolves around transparency and accountability. Uh, One of them being roll call voting. We have to know how they vote. The other one is we talked about what was auditing the books every two years. We need to know where the money goes you know, and be, and it be accounted for. And uh, the other ones are around ethics. I don't think that we should be able to have lobbyists that are in the state central committee that can vote on things that are conflict of interest, something that we can currently do and needs to be changed in the bylaws. And as you mentioned as well, the, the campaign finance uh, reporting, I watched once when they talked about ethics, I think it was Shannon Burns that was trying to introduce some ethics, uh, into the meeting. And I remember uh, specifically Buddy, Betty Montgomery getting up and saying, well, we're specifically you know, excluded from the Ohio law and campaign reporting and ethics. So we shouldn't do them because we're specifically excluded. And I, that's just crazy to me. We absolutely have to have those things. We have to have lobbyists not able to be a conflict of interest and we have to have campaign uh, finance reporting.
0: Absolutely. And I look forward to having Shannon Burns on the show here soon. I hope he's going to be able to come on. And also too. Uh, I hope Sabrina Warner defeats Betty Montgomery because, wow, think yes. about that answer you just – I mean, yes. how – okay, so yeah, it, it, this is how they – yeah, they're oblivious or they're just totally liars and cheaters and they just do it on a daily basis, but –
1: well, oh, okay. it's 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 like, why should we have why we are specifically excluded? So why should we do it? Why should we hold ourselves to a higher standard? I mean, I was paraphrasing her, but I just couldn't yeah. believe that she yeah. said I yeah. I just was just in awe that did I hear what I heard her say? Yeah. And they want to be excluded. so They don't have to be held to that standard. So we don't know where the money came. I mean, you only need 34 votes in the state central committee to make the endorsements and many of those changes. And they have that. And we don't know who they are that are voting. We don't know what money they were given in order to make that vote.
0: Yeah, it's it's so important, uh, ethics in the state central committee and transparency. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Betty Montgomery needs to go down and uh, yes. you know, shout out to Sabrina Warner for challenging her. Yes. So party primary endorsements, state party, state party primary endorsements, it's something that we didn't get to hit on. Uh, what yes. are your thoughts on that?
1: That's something we absolutely need to change too. It's really how the party continues to not get new blood. The establishment protects itself by uh, endorsing people in the party. Right now, um, in District Twenty Seven, um, the state—in this instance, the state county commission—two of them are on the state central committee, uh, and they have to endorse themselves. And they—they they get to use the whole uh, apparatus of the Summit County, and many cases, the state apparatus to endorse themselves and to get that send out the slate cards, and use that to keep themselves um, endorsed. You know, they, they actually tried to endorse themselves in the state central committee and then decided to table it at the last minute, but they wanted that. They can get all the money from the state, all the funds, all the volunteers, and they can send out their slate cards, and that's how they keep themselves in power and keep outsiders and grassroots people from, from having a chance, really, um, to get involved in the party.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up about uh, the state central committee candidates being able to endorse themselves. Obviously, they did table it this year, but I think it's because we did such a good job at calling them out.
1: I agree because I've done it both in the past. They've certainly done it in the past.
0: Absolutely, and that should show our movement. It should be a plus, right? That should make you feel yeah. very good for what you're doing. All the stuff we're doing, it matters. It it's doing something. It's getting their attention. This it's so important that we change the state Senate committee in the state of Ohio for the Republican party, because if not, Oh boy, I, I just don't even know. I'm not a, I can't see into well, the future. I don't know what would happen, but we need to get on the right track.
1: Well, we have to absolutely change it. Um, but what I would say too is, if, you know, we, we need to definitely get all the reformers in and we need people to go out and vote on uh, November the 2nd to make that happen. August. But we also can't give up. If we don't get them all in in two years, we need to make sure that we're all still fighting. We fight for the next two years to make sure that we get these candidates that will reform into the state central committee.
0: Absolutely. August 2nd, very important date. We need to make sure we get out there and vote uh, for for reformers and for good candidates. Don't just vote because they're incumbents or whatnot. Please Uh, do your research, learn about these candidates and see where they're at and see how they stand. Call them, email them, get in contact with them. I guarantee you the ones that don't want to hear from you won't answer. And the ones that want to hear from you will answer. (laughs) It's just, uh, (laughs) you know, trust me, trust me on that. Please get a hold of them, reach out to them. It's so important. Uh, The last question we have for you today is uh, it's one that I always ask my state central committee candidates, uh, because I think it's important. Uh, I need to know your thoughts on the leadership in the Ohio Republican party. Our listeners got a good view on that uh, during our during our show here. But with the last questions, I think we're going to get a clear view. So, uh, Chairman Bob Paduchik, what's your opinion on him? Not personal, just leadership-wise.
1: No, no. Leadership-wise, I think that Bob Paduchik has to go. I've watched his leadership style. He is very much uh, an authoritarian. He doesn't treat the, our elected Members of the party elected by the public, he doesn't treat them with respect. He thinks he has complete control and can do what he wants, and he runs roughshod over the whole state central committee. He has to go. We need people in the leadership positions that are listening and want to reform the party.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better there, Marcy. Couldn't have said it better there. We need somebody that's going to lead for the party, not with an iron fist. And it seems like what uh, Bob Poduchik is doing, so— Awesome answer there. Thank you so much for answering that question. It's so important to us here on the show. Uh, Marcy, we always love for the candidate to give an ending statement on our show. Uh, Anything that we didn't cover, any questions that I didn't ask you, that I should have asked you, that you wanted me to ask you, that I just didn't do my homework and ask you. But uh, please, you know, let the listeners know there. And also, too, if there's a website, social media, email, or any personal contact information you'd like us to have, or maybe even a spot where we can donate.
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much for that. Again, I'll just repeat, you know, I'm Marcy Shea. I'm running in uh, District 27. I'm voting to to help reform, or I'm running to help reform the uh, Republican Party. I'm asking graciously for your vote. Uh, and uh, hope that you will get out and vote on August the 2nd. It's so important. If I'm not in your district, I would ask you to look for other reform candidates that are running for State Central Committee. We need as many reform candidates as possible so that we can take over the State Central Committee. We only need 34 to really make a positive impact and a positive change to reform our party and and bring about the honesty and integrity that we need. Uh, You can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Marcy Shea for State Central Committee. And uh, you can certainly message me there. I'm also have an email, which is uh, Buckeye like the state Buckeye and my zip code four, four, two, two, four at yahoo.com.
0: Awesome. Marcy, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. This means so much to us over here on the red future radio network. It's so important that we're hearing your message, right? Uh, like we talked about before, this is a volunteer job. Uh, it's not like one of the, it's a down ballot, right? So if you were on a normal May 3rd ballot, you would be pretty close to the bottom. So a lot of people kick this position off to the wayside, but right now I think this is the most important position and we have to make sure that we get the right candidates selected in our state central committee. If we want to see real change. Uh, I think a lot of our roadblocks happen and are at the state central committee down in Columbus. So, Thank you so much for running. It's so important. It's so important. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know how many times I could say it, but for all of you state central committee candidates out there running, thank you. It's so important that we are challenging these people and let them know that we are listening and we are watching and we are going to try to do whatever we can to make change or make sure they change because it's so important.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this as well. It's very important that you're getting our message out and I appreciate it.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Uh, Marcy. You're always welcome on the show. Feel free to reach out. I'll make sure to be in touch. I hope to be out there uh, before August 2nd to maybe do some canvassing for you, Uh, maybe walk in a parade or do something, but I'd love to try to get out there. And uh, we most definitely will be in touch. But again, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're always welcome. And I hope you have a good rest of your day.
1: Great. Thank you. Take care.
0: Yep. Bye-bye. Marcy Shea, state central committee, candidate, female representative in District 27. Wow, we have such an important election coming up, guys. Such an important election. And she, she ran through the list, and she ran through the list good. She, I mean, hit the nail on the head, boom, boom, boom. We ran through the questions. We're here at 40 minutes, and uh, all those questions are answered for you on the spot. Right there. And no offense to any of the ones that went longer than an hour uh, or, you know, longer than 40 minutes. But she did not hold back. She answered the questions. And, you know, that's what we like. Great candidate over there in the 27th district. I think she could really make some change in Columbus. But the most important thing is that we need to get educated on every single candidate running. Every single candidate. So here at the Red Fuchs Radio Network, we are going to keep bringing you wonderful interviews for people running in the August 2nd election. We have some state house candidates coming up, a state senate candidate coming up very soon. It's so important that we are getting these out on the air. People need to listen. People need to know what's going on. And also too, this show helps educate because there's stuff going around in all these districts that you might not know about or there's stuff that these state central committee candidates can say that you don't know. So it's important to get on. It's important to listen because their message is very important. We need to know where they stand. So moving on, obviously, the first of the day is the last thing we do on the show. And I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, Friday was a bummer for me because we had a candidate scheduled, ready to go, uh, state central committee. But they canceled. They uh, They rescheduled. They still went on the show, but they rescheduled. A family thing came up. They weren't able to make it. So, Mr. Samuel had to hurry up and write a script and try to do a show by himself out of thin air. And I hope you like it. It was episode 22, I believe, on the Friday episode. But, uh, you know, that's what we did. And I'm going to tell you what. This is why I'm bringing this up. We got to be accountable for our actions. I know I talked about doing a verse of the day every single day for the show. Well, I missed that one. So, I'm very sorry. So today, we're going to be doing two, and they're both from Psalms, but we will be doing two to make up for the one that we missed. And making myself accountable, I hope we never have have this happen again. So I'm sorry to the listeners that I did forget that. It is the most important thing we do on the show, and I will state that. So we're going to make sure we're doing two to make up for the one that we did miss. But sorry about that, and here we go. This is from Psalms chapter 40, verse 2. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, and of the mud and mire... He set me on my feet he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand that's Psalms chapter 40 verse 2 and this one's this one comes out of the book of Psalms too it's also Psalms uh, chapter 30 or chapter 62 verse 8 Trust God all the time tell him all your problems God is our protection that's Psalms chapter 62 verse 8. Very good verses, and I'm just going back to that last one. God, Trust God all the time. I trust God with everything. Everything I do, I trust God. God's going to do uh, what he's going to do, and he's going to make it. Trust in him. Tell him all your problems. Tell him all your problems, and tell him your goods too. But your problems? He will help you with that. Bend on his ear. His ears are very sturdy, and they're meant to be leaned on. Pull on him. Tug on God's ear. It's very important. God is also our protection. God will protect us the armor of god it's very important wear the armor of god everywhere you go you have that spiritual armor and strength wrapped around you god will protect you it's so important trust in god tomorrow we'll be doing another interview tuesday we're going to be swinging them out be ready for another interview on tuesday thank you all for so thank you so much for listening we look forward to bringing you more news content interviews and talk shows please out please check out the website RedFutureRadio.com. My social media is at Samuel C. McGuire. Please check out the new Telegram channel, The Samuel Maguire Show. On social media, we're Facebook, Twitter, True Social, Instagram, Getter, Parler, Telegram, TikTok, email Samuel C. McGuire at gmail.com. God bless. Thank you all for listening. This is so important. Love you all. This is The Samuel Maguire Show on Red Future Radio.